Look at my butt. Show number 264 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Listeners, uh, we, we fell into a time vortex, and now it's a month later. Did we ever? <laughs> it was a time vortex with real-world implications, which was mostly that I was just very sick for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm better now, and everything's good, and you all got a new show very recently, or new old show, which um, was I great. I put you up know, today. It was so good to hear something that we recorded such a long time ago, because as you often say, I'd completely forgotten what we talked about. So it was all new content to me, which was great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I listened to it earlier, or part of it. I haven't heard the whole thing yet. But when I was walking Jack, I was like, oh, yeah, this was great. It was a really good show. Uh, I also want to mention quickly before we jump into the news that I had posted on our Facebook group that little clip from Hooker, where uh, it, it was, I talked about on the last show with Richard Hatch, and they have the studio stupid chasing and then bill does a gratuitous shoulder roll mm-hmm. and i loved the comments that people left so uh francine said shoulder roll one shot gets the guy absolute badass and not a hair <laughs> out of place that's right and then cheryl said motorhome chasing with lots of laughing emojis after it <laughs> and uh nancy said no wonder heather locklear went crazy <laughs> Really? <laughs> so good. So I'm so glad that that little clip existed so people could see what the hell I was talking about. And yes, motorhome chasing. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially in those days in television when I, I'm, I'm assuming that was during the time when they really could not have violence on in the family hour. Do mm-hmm. you remember that? Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. If it moved, it could be a chase, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So, oh, I'm so not bad. surprised. <laughs> but I appreciate all our our listeners and fans commenting on things like that. So, so very I gotta funny. say though, nothing has ever or will ever, in my opinion, top the chase through the car wash <laughs> in impulse. Oh my god! It goes on forever, forever. And it's, it's so the worst slow. idea. Oh, it's so bad. It's so incredibly bad. Oh, yep, yep. So that's bad. why we love it. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, we've got more Bill stuff to talk about. Um, but first, because Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con is just wrapping up. There's so much news. So yesterday was the big announcement day when they announced all the stuff. So it's we're going to It's incredible how much stuff. I oh. mean, it's... God, if you had something set to a notification, they did a whole bunch of announcements and the, the springboard for all of this was the announcements about Picard and the, everybody was there, of course, in Hall H, the big hall that old, holds 5,000 people. So and as big, I understand, mm-hmm. people camped out overnight. To yeah, get it, into that hall. It's so stupid. You know, having been to Comic-Con, it's they need to find better ways to manage these things. You know, that was one of the things that was really good about uh, San Jose, Silicon Valley Comic-Con, mm-hmm. was that the management for the big rooms was really good. Like, you either had to buy something in right. advance or get a ticket. With Comic-Con, it's like you're taking your chances, and then you camp out overnight, so you get a shitty night's sleep, and then you're missing yeah, they all the other stuff. Yeah, they should do a lottery or something, something. you know? Yeah, or, uh, I don't know, have little satellite rooms with video feeds in it or something. That is a great idea. Yeah, it's just badly run. Anyway, um, so, Picard, which uh, they they announced who else is going to be in it. They showed a trailer and talked a little bit about what's going to happen doing it. And I got to say... I was so much more excited about it after seeing the trailer than I ever was for those pictures with the dog. And what happened to the dog anyway? The dog's not even in the video. What's up with that? Really? I didn't well, see Well, I tried to watch the video on the link you sent me on YouTube. It's already been taken down. Oh, that's so weird. So well... I haven't seen it, but I know he's got a dog. I know the dog's <laughs> name. It's the worst name for a dog ever. What's it called? You don't know the dog's name? <laughs> no, I don't know the dog's name. What's the dog called? Number one. No, no. Are you yes. sure that's real? Is that real? 
I saw it in several places. I haven't heard anybody all saying right. that's not that's not it. First of all, it's very insulting to Riker. <laughs> it, it, it really. <laughs> if you name the dog Riker or Will, that's kind of nice. But to give the dog the same, I don't know, rank. <laughs> the dog has a rank. <laughs> the dog is his um. Uh, what do they call it? Executive officer? Yeah, yeah, that's what he is. Next in He's command. the XO. Oh, God. Anyway, let's talk about what's what's happening here. So I, <laughs> okay. I encourage all of you, I'll find a better link for the trailer, by the way, and put it in the okay, show. Okay, whatever. I'm sure that they want people to see it, but well, it's, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's short, but it's very action-packed. And what it, so I had been joking that it looked like from the images that they'd released before that it was Picard and his dog, you know, solving crimes or something. It was very yes. hard to tell, you know. <laughs> in a beat-up old shuttlecraft. <laughs> in a beat-up shuttlecraft, which would have been fine. I would have watched that probably. I but this looks too. much more interesting. So it's Picard and it looks like he has to assemble a ragtag band of heroes to go out and solve mysteries, which looks kind of awesome because all the other people who are there uh, seem to be either some old faces or some new faces. And it looks very gripping. It looks very exciting. There's space battles. It's not going to be him kind of in the slow lane at all, which was what I was afraid of. It's not right. going to do that. So it's great. So the people who are coming back are Brent Spiner, um, Jerry Ryan, Jonathan Frakes, and Marina Sirtis reprising all of their characters, and the guy who played Hugh the Borg in Next Generation in a couple ah, different episodes. okay. I hadn't heard so about Hugh. It looks like it's going to be quite Borg-centric, which is good. I, I'm you down think? with that. That I was the thing that good. made me go, oh, not the Borg again. Well, I'm so I, sick I, of them. I don't think it's going to be the Borg <laughs> in terms of the way, you know, like, oh, here's the Borg. We have to find out a way to outsmart them. It, I don't think it's that at all. It looks mm -hmm. like it's going to be much more intricate and you know, like a, there's a mystery that they have to solve. It's going to be serialized like Discovery. So it's not just going to be episodic one-offs, which is also really good. And there are a lot of questions about who exactly Brent Spiner is playing because Data got blown up yeah. in the last movie, blown up real good. So is he um, going to be the other one? What was the lore? other one? B B4. So he could be Lore. He could be the other one that they had at the end of the movie, which I think his, his number was B4. Or he could be something totally different. We just mm. don't know. Well, they could have downloaded a backup of data. Yes, But exactly. what would they download it to? Um, I mean, the the whole thing, or one of the big things was this was this incredible android body that Dr. Soong had built. Mm -hmm. Not easily replicated, right? Right. So one of the clips in the trailer is Picard pulling open essentially a very large desk drawer with, with data parts in it. So where <laughs> did, really, where did that come from? It's not yeah. clear. You know, like, where is he? Where are these parts? What version of data is this? What the Maybe that's the first mystery. <laughs> I like that. Is they have to reassemble data. So I'm... I'm kind of jazzed for this. I'm kind of jazzed okay. for all these people coming back. Uh, Brent Spiner was at the panel and hilariously funny. He was oh, he is. He's a blast. When they, uh, when he, when they, he said when they first called me about this, the first thing I said to them was, "Have you found someone yet to play Picard?" Which I thought was. <laughs> just... I like that, and he does an incredible impersonation of Patrick Stewart. Oh, he does. If he anybody does. hasn't seen it, I mean, go online and, and look for it. It's amazing. He's really, really good. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. I, I'm, I'm excited. Patrick Stewart seems like, you know, he's very, from what people were saying on the panel, he's really involved. So uh -huh. he's not just acting. He wanted to be sure, as Bill has often said, that if he was going to come back, it was for a good reason, yes. not just to do a cash grab. He wanted the stories to be meaningful. He wanted the character to grow. He wanted it to be consistent. Mm -hmm. He he wants the fans to be satisfied with what's in there, which I, I think is great. He's very concerned about what the fandom is going to think, that it's not going to be shitty, that everybody will be happy with it. Now, am I correct in assuming that Picard and all the other new treks that are coming on are all going to be on CBS All Access that you pay for? Yes. So it says okay. right here, Picard will... Uh, air exclusively on CBS All Access in the U.S. and will be distributed concurrently internationally by CBS Studios on Amazon Prime. 
So if you're outside the U.S., it will be on Amazon right. Prime. I wonder what's the tipping point? Where is where is it that they have enough Star Trek? <laughs> that the people Star are going, Trek I'm not paying for Star Trek. Um, decide, well, well, yeah, there's six series or something. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I'm sure that even if they had like six series all in the can, they're going to stagger them. Mm-hmm. So that as one ends, another one starts, so you can't cancel your subscription. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. I, there's so much new content coming out that I don't think anybody could have foreseen, really. No. Who knows what they're going to do with all of it and how they're going to bundle it up. You know, they, they banked on all access for Discovery, and it turned mm-hmm. out to be, you know, successful. So I think they've got to go with that for now. I don't know if All Access is successful for anything but Discovery. I haven't looked at any articles to see whether people are watching anything but Discovery on All Access. There's one other thing on it, and I can't think what it is. I'm losing can't think what the show is but okay. it's it's something that i think could be interesting but it's not star trek so so who cares so who cares right i i so i'm totally excited about this i do say that it's very hard for me to keep remembering to call it star trek picard i keep calling it the picard show like yeah. some variety show Welcome to the Picard Show, featuring well, our special guest. Honestly, can can you know HBO is working on their own Lord of the Rings thing? Can they take a cue from this and also do the Tom Bombadil show <laughs> and um, Career Day, Career Day in the Shire, and you know all the other great ideas we put mm-hmm. out there? They should they because really should. you know um, one of the new tricks is is uh, animation isn't it aimed at kids? I'm not sure that it's aimed at kids exactly. I think it's aimed at younger people, certainly, but it's not a kid's show as far as oh, I know. okay. I, I thought I'm... one of them was like a, you know, a kid's show almost. So. I think Who it's knows, probably but, more you know, like the... that flies, I think it's... they should definitely do Tom Bombadil. I think that the um, animated thing is supposed to be more like the Orville. It's It's funny in that you know kind of uh younger generation way mm-hmm. well we'll we'll get to that in a second i i, oh, wait, I need did you to hear talk the news to... about the orville what that it got renewed no it's moving to hulu you're gonna have to pay for oh, it oh yeah i did see that yeah well okay. they want people to pay you know it's popular enough that they think they can get people to pay right right so i need to talk about the short tracks because that was Possibly the most exciting thing that was all about. Absolutely. This. Oh, I, when I watched that <laughs> clip, I was like, <laughs> So as everybody knows by now, three of the six short treks are going to be uh, Captain Pike-centered, which is just the best news in the world. I oh. know. This is the next step towards <sighs> a series. series. Please, please. So here are, let's see if I can find this. Um. There are going to be six short treks. Three of them are live action and focus on uh, uh, Kirk, not Kirk, Jesus Christ. Pa, <laughs> I can't even talk. That's how excited I am. Let me try that again. It's going to focus on the Enterprise with Pike and Spock and number one, three of them. So the titles are uh, Ask Not, Q&A, The Trouble with Edward, The Girl Who Made the Stars, um, Efame and Dot, and Children of Mars. And I don't know which are the enterprise ones but i know q and a is is one of them oh and trouble with edward just from the clip and trouble right. with edward that's about the tribbles um yeah so it, i i'm just so so very jazzed about this because it's going to be great and i can't wait to see them back again and we get to see a lot more of number one which i think is going to help so much like yes we could finally I see her so, doing because stuff. i was not happy with that characterization mm-hmm. on discovery i didn't think that fit anywhere in with what Majel had been had done in her brief time mm-hmm. as the character. Yeah, well, let's see now. I, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. Um, and I think yes. they did such a kick-ass job with all the previous short tracks. I have a really good feeling about the <gasps> new short tracks. I know. I so good. Know. Now, here's my big question. At and the, I have so your big answers. So okay, at the at the end, so everybody has to go watch the trailer for the short tracks because it's it's done. I mean, they've obviously filmed all this stuff already, which is so cool. Right. I had no idea. And at the very and end of they'll it, they'll start in the fall. They'll start in the fall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So go at ahead. The, Sorry. At the very end of it, Pike says to a person that we can't see, um, "Good luck, Captain." 
Who's he talking to? Who's he calling captain? It's not Spock. Okay, I am going to say the the next thing I'm going to tell you is a huge spoiler because I am so certain I'm right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go. So if you're listening, you might want to skip ahead a few minutes. But here's what I think it is. Okay. They're going to have the scene where Spock, or Spock, <laughs> or at least I got his name right, where Pike turns the Enterprise over to Kirk. Yeah. And they are going to put in... Uh, you know, through the magic of television, some little clip from TOS of uh, Kirk saying, thank you, sir, or whatever, or, you know, like how they did the the Cisco Kirk handshake, which was amazing. That's what it's going to be. You think so? You really think they're going to go there? I am absolutely positive. Okay. My, my, I thought about Unless, oh, there's one other thing they could do. Um, Right now, okay, I'm forgetting already, so please update me. <laughs> the actual discovery ship mm-hmm. is that a thousand years in the future with Burnham, yes. or is it? Oh, it is, it's gone, they're gone, they're just okay. Gone. So, yeah. um, so what about all the people who were, were left back in, in their own time? Are they not on any ship at all now? I that's my huge question from the end. We talked about this once before. Oh, okay. Who knows what happened to all those people? I don't know. Okay, because I was gonna say if if the discovery had stayed behind, and you know we don't know who's going to be the captain of that. Mm-hmm. I thought it could they could have Pike do a brief like guest appearance and, sure. and they put it in the short treks thing. But really, it could be him turning the captaincy over to whoever. But mm-hmm. I really think I'm right on the Kirk thing. Okay. My other thought was that it could be him sending off number one to a command of her own on another ship. Mm. And so that that's not captain of the Enterprise. He's just saying, right. good luck, captain, on whatever ship they assign to her. So that could be, right? That's possible, that, right? That could definitely be, yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll find out soon enough. Oh, I'm just yes. so excited. Um. They, <laughs> They also, there was very little discovery uh, news, except for the casting of one particular actor who I was not familiar with. I'm not either. And this is my question. So is he somebody who's a thousand years in the future and they run into? Where's he coming Uh, from? No idea. It doesn't say. (laughs) Okay. We'll find out when it happens. Um, Okay. (laughs) And my other big question about discovery, and, and maybe it's, not really a question are they going to story-wise have two parallel stories of a thousand years in the future Mm. and then in the regular time but if there's nobody left in the regular time who isn't one of the main characters I kind of think not I think so too although you gotta think some of the stuff that's happening in the the current time that they left will have an impact on what's happening a thousand years in the future. So they might have to go back to show how a thing happened that affected the thing that's happening to them in the future. Wow. This is hard to talk about. So I know. um, They're going to have, they have all that downloaded stuff. Mm -hmm. Did the downloaded stuff include the future? Because then they could um, access that and say, okay, what's happened during the time we jumped over. But I don't know if it included the future. I thought it, I don't know. I don't think it did, but I bet there's Mm -hmm. stuff in there that would have enough intelligence to extrapolate potential things that could happen in the future, you know? like Right. And um, they could, you know, find things in the future that will fill in some of those gaps. Somebody, and I think it was the woman who plays Burnham, I'm blanking on her name, said... Well, obviously, we did not make it to, and she named the planet Terralisium. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that much, that when they pop out of the wormhole or whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, that they are not at Terralisium. Yeah. Who knows where they are? We'll just have yep. to wait. I hope it doesn't turn into Voyager <laughs> or Lost in Space. Yeah, please don't do that. I, 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 I'm going to remain confident that they won't do that. Okay. Here's a fact that I didn't know until recently, and I'm mad at myself that I didn't know. Did you know that Ethan Peck is Gregory Peck's grandson? No. <laughs> Should have been obvious, right? Wow. Yeah. 
So he comes from an acting family. I had no idea. I did not know that either. <laughs> wow. There you go, huh. listeners. That's your factoid for the day. I did Really? Not know news it. to us? Let I us know. know if you knew about it. We hadn't heard that. No. And you know why we hadn't heard it? Because they're going, Star Trek fans don't know who Gregory Peck is. Oh, We're not even going to tell them. That's probably <laughs> true. I don't even remember. They are so we're... wrong, though. We know so much. We do. We're fans. <laughs> Come on. We're, we're, we're up on stuff. Anyway, I don't remember where I read it, but I did read it, and it's true. So there you that go. That is fantastic. Yeah. So let's talk about Lower Decks for a minute. They did mm-hmm. not have any clips, but they did show character designs. And they talked about the people who were doing some of the voices, which was good. Mm-hmm. And it looks, the animation style looks really cute, which I really like. And it shows their little ship. And it says, Star Trek Lower Decks will focus on the support crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships, <laughs> which is already hilarious. Okay. Um, the least important ship. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to see if it says where it's going to be shown. Hold, please. I don't think it says. Um, it will be a 10-episode long first season, and it will premiere in 2020. And that's about all it says, except that uh, the crew seems nicely uh, diverse. Uh, I believe the captain is an African-American woman, which is kind of nice. A couple aliens thrown in there. One guy who looks uh, slightly cyb- not, not Borg-ish, but cyborg-ish, which is good. Mm-hmm. He has enhancements. And they're wearing the costumes that look sort of TNG-ish. You know, they oh. have the the, um, the band of darkness across the top and then the, mm-hmm. the color in the middle. So they And the instruments they're holding look more TNG than anything else. Well, i got to tell you the one uh, fact <laughs> that I took away from the news about Lower Decks that made me laugh so hard. One of the characters' names is Tawny. <laughs> um, and I'm going. That's a salute to Galaxy Quest. I don't care what anybody says. I, I think I think Tawny is the name of the voice actor, though. I don't think that's her. Oh, I thought name. it was the character. No. Oh I, no, I'm shattered. Um, <laughs> well, the, the names are pretty funny. Like one of the, the actually the the character that she plays, Tawny Newsom, is called Ensign Beckett Mariner. So Mariner is a pretty good name. I like. That. Oh, and okay. It's... So that's the actress. Okay, <laughs> I'll get over it. Um, also, there's a character. Oh, so it will be CBS All Access, which is of good. Of course. And the, the one character I believe is supposed to be the doctor is a cat person. <laughs> so, um, like, uh, not Lieutenant Morell, although maybe could be the same species. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really right, say. Right, right, um, yeah. But everybody was pointing out that the, the character as drawn, this cat person basically looks like Dr. Pulaski in cat form, which is <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> you know, Dr. Pulaski looks like a cat. She Well, exactly. That's what I mean. So it looks like they, they just took Diana Muldaur's kind of look and translated it into grumpy yeah. cat form, which I thought was but really good. In other roles she's played, she has not looked like a cat. But I, now that I'm thinking about it, Dr. Pulaski looked like a cat. She did. And so her name, uh, <laughs> is, well, her, I will say, it's, it's voiced by a woman, but I don't know if the, the character mm-hmm. is supposed to be female. Uh, Dr. Ta'ana. So she's got a T apostrophe, like a Vulcan name, but definitely not a Vulcan, but definitely a grumpy cat, which I quite a like. A Vulcan cat, maybe? I don't know, maybe. Is she a Salat? Um, or a know? La Macha? No, she's Or a La Macha, of... whatever that is? Yeah, she's short. And just, <laughs> well, that tells me a lot. <laughs> well, you know, not not like big, not big and and teddy bear like, but but kind of short and and just very grumpy looking, very very grumpy looking. Okay. Really At some point, uh, the the animated one has to go to the planet of misfit toys. That's oh, all that I'm going to say. Good. That would be good. <laughs> So, yes, as mentioned, the captain looks like an African-American woman who's kind of older. She's got a gray streak in her hair, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate very much, which is good. So that seems like fun. I'm going to be a fan of that. It looks like it's going to be a good thing. And the fact that it's just aimed as a comedy series, I'm totally on board with that. So uh, one more thing, just clicking around here. Uh, No, I think that was it. So we talked about Picard, Short Treks. Lower Decks and Discovery, not a whole lot for that. 
but you had given us a great article about um, things that a Trek series based on Pike could answer, which I thought was really good. I thought so, too, although um, the answer to the first question is... Wait, not the first question, maybe the second question. <laughs> yes, second question. What happened to the Klingon Empire and Laurel? Mm -hmm. The answer is, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, this, this is an article <laughs> at, I'm, I'm kind of with you. This is at Tor.com. And mm -hmm. at the end, they say, what if they made a Klingon-centric show? And I kind of went, no. I, well, I guess. I mean, if you're into that, fine. But I won't be watching it. I won't either. No, it just doesn't seem that interesting. So the questions are, how did Starfleet change so much in a decade? Hmm, I wonder if they'll ever tell us. I bet they won't. Mm -hmm. um, what happened to the Klingon Empire? Not really interested. Uh, what, what did Pike do as fleet captain? Is that yes. really interesting? I don't know. Is it? Well... It's interesting because it's Pike. Yeah. Well, yes. And okay. we love him. That's true. Um, That's true. They, they do um, say you wouldn't need a whole show to do this necessarily. Mm -hmm. But if there were a new series or more short treks set in the 2258-ish era, it would be mm -hmm. interesting to witness Pike's transition from Captain of the Enterprise to Fleet Captain. And that fits into my theory yeah. about the, the turning it over to uh, Kirk. Yep, it could be. So let's see what happens there. Mm -hmm. um, next question, why did Spock stay on the Enterprise when Pike left? And we could find that out. I well, that one's pretty easy. Yeah, he always said he never wanted to be captain. So there you go. Well, there's there's that. He wasn't even first officer on Pike's Enterprise. Right, he was science officer. Um, And unless Pike specifically said, I would like this officer with me, you mm -hmm. go where Star Trek or Starfleet tells <laughs> you to go. Yep. But I, I will put it all back to him not wanting a command. I mean, even if he had ambitions to be more than a science mm -hmm. officer, he could have transferred to another ship where he would have had more opportunity, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it's sort of, if number one is the first officer on your ship and she doesn't leave, you're not going to get promoted. Like, they're not going to move her to another ship because she's really good and really competent. Mm -hmm. So that... that place is sort of filled it has to be a situation where the first officer takes another command which is the last question what happened to number one wait so, i want to go back to the spock uh -huh. one because i love this one the last little paragraph the new short treks with ethan peck <laughs> and rebecca romjan could explore this idea because if there's one thing trekkies literally can't get enough of it's spock thinking about stuff and making complicated decisions <laughs> thinking about stuff he's thinking yeah. hard thinking hard um okay so yeah what happened to number one so maybe those two things are are sort of entwined you know it yeah think, thinking about that situation with number one very much put me in mind of best of both worlds um when mm -hmm. we have number one who's dithering about what to do and somebody else comes on board who is just wanting to be in his position and sees that this is the right time to make a move. So mm -hmm. that, that seemed very parallel. You know, one of the things now that you brought it best of both worlds that I like about that is we had seen in the mirror universe, you move up by killing people. This was <laughs> interesting to see that in the non mirror universe, one of the ways you can move up is through this sort of uh, manipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, it's interesting um, that Star Starfleet let Riker stay on the Enterprise for as long as he did. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's it's, it's health, healthy for an organization to have people moving around, right? Yeah. If they stay too long in one place, you get comfortable and maybe you get a little lazy. And there are lots of people who have ability who you need to promote, but there's a limited number of spaces you can promote them into. So mm -hmm. you have to keep people moving up and eventually out because yeah. you just can't have them be there. It's, it's not good for the organization. It might not be good for you personally, but the organization mm -hmm. doesn't really care about you personally. They just have to keep the best and the brightest moving up and moving up into more positions of responsibility. Well, and in that way, I think it's like the church, any mm -hmm. church. 
Yeah. But specifically, you know, the Catholic Church and the Protestant churches that are hierarchically based, mm -hmm. um, you know, if they say, okay, sister so-and-so, you're now going this place and reverend whatever, you're going to, you know, East Bumfuck, you go. Yeah, you do. And and you see the bad side of it, right, in, in certain mm -hmm. religious hierarchies where the same people are in power forever and nothing changes yes. and bad stuff yes. doesn't get dealt with and there's no growth and exploration and innovation. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, one, one of the things about Picard, the Picard show that Patrick Stewart said was that um, Picard took promotion to admiralty and then realized later on it was a mistake and I thought where have I heard that before <laughs> really and somebody actually warned him about that didn't someone I think so yeah so very interesting to see how he deals with it as opposed to how Kirk dealt with it but I think very much in the same way that they did this thing because they thought it was going to be something and then realized quite quickly that it was going to be frustrating and they felt like this is my life now I don't like this yeah and yeah so all of that. Uh, this is a good article. I will put in a mm -hmm. link to it, and people should definitely, uh, definitely read it. So yeah, yeah, and let us know your thoughts, your your answers to some of these questions or other questions this raises for you. Mm -hmm. Yep, because there's going to be so much to talk about between now and when stuff starts airing, mm -hmm. uh, fall, and then spring when the other stuff starts. Um. Ba, 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 ba. What was I going to say? Oh, and this is one of the very few articles we actually run across of this type where we go, well, that was already answered. Because, <laughs> you know, the author doesn't know his or her Star Trek very well. Mm -hmm. This one, you know, actually is speculating about things we don't already know. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And also uh, calling for the answers to come in uh, a story format, right? Like, mm -hmm. let, let's do the answers to this by making a show that's about Pike, because that would be awesome, and then we'd get good answers to these questions rather right. than just, and we, here's the answer. Right. We want, we want these answers to be shown to us, not told to us yes. by somebody exactly. just quickly, you know, dropping a little truth bomb on somebody, mm -hmm. and that's it. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So before we take our break, I just want to say that I watched and the children um, and the children shall lead. And then I watched Plato, Plato's stepchildren because they're uh -huh. in the third season on Cozy or Heroes and Icons. Whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those are bad episodes. They're oh, really yeah. both of them very bad episodes. And I laughed so hard when um, your favorite scene in Children Shall Lead while Kirk's in the elevator. Uh, <laughs> and turns into Ted Baxter. Yes. <laughs> I'm losing control. I'm losing control. <laughs> I'm losing my chip. <laughs> uh, it's oh, so Ted. funny. Oh, so that made me laugh. But, you know, Plato's Stepchildren is such a weird episode. Uh Michael Dunn is the best thing about it, really and truly. Oh, yes. he's, he's an excellent actor, and he plays it so many different ways. And I was—I couldn't remember how it ended to a certain extent. You know, mm -hmm. Kirk extends the offer to Alexander to come on the ship, and he says he will. And then I was thinking at the end, oh, is this one where he changes his mind and is like, no, now that everything is better, I'm going to stay here and work for a better world or whatever. And he didn't. He was like, nope, I'm going with you. So that was good. <laughs> Wow. Because that's such a trick thing, isn't it, right? Where the, yes. the person who, who thinks they want to leave it changes their mind at the end because they want to make things better. And I was like, oh, right. thank you for or not Kirk doing that. Or Kirk won't take them like um, the girl with the aluminum foil right. bra. Right, Shauna. Yeah, exactly. Shana. But, um, but yeah. it's a bad episode because it's really badly paced. It, it was like they ran out of plot early on and realized they were going to have oh. to stretch it out to an entire hour. And it's... You know, I, I could see it was one of those where they got the script and they said, this is a pile of crap. How are we going to make this interesting? And Kirk, Kirk, Bill just said, <laughs> yeah, Kirk said, Bill said, well, we just have to play it seriously and go all out and be as crazy as we can possibly be for all these dumb things that they're going to make us do, like dancing mm -hmm. and singing and all of the rest of it. And being that's, a pony. Being a pony. And that's what they had to do was just you know, dive in because it was the only way that they could make that work. But, oh, it's bad. It's just so bad. It's Ugh. horrible. And it's one of the episodes I find very difficult to watch. Yes. I can imagine the actress going home at night and crying. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how bad it is. But um, you probably know this, but some of our listeners may not. For years, that episode was banned in Britain mm -hmm. because they don't allow that sort of uh, torture. 
humiliation, really. Humiliation. They, yeah. they, um, their, their broadcast laws would not allow it to be shown. I can. Uh, I'm in favor because it is. It's just gratuitous. It's awful. It doesn't oh, do anything. Oh, it's to horrible. The and it's it's one of those things that you know, like you're watching through your fingers, going, "I'm so embarrassed to yeah. watch this, and I'm embarrassed for these actors, and I'm embarrassed this exists." You know. They could have made it better if there was a B plot, if there had been anything else going on. Right. Like they did on TNG, right? Like if they had a a stupid A plot, they would have a B plot that was sometimes more interesting than the A plot. And they did it on TOS sometimes too, but Mm -hmm. there was nothing else. They had no other thing that, that you were supposed to care about. There was the thing with Alexander, but that wasn't really a big deal. There was no, uh, you know, they didn't, the Enterprise didn't have to get somewhere. There was no time crunch. There was right, no right. anything. There was nothing. It was just them unable to get off of a planet. And then yeah. they did. The end. The end. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. So can, cannot recommend. And it's not even worth it for the, it's not funny. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in, and the children shall lead Kirk's Ted Baxter moment is genuinely hilarious. But... <laughs> It's because it's so short, right? It's it's, yeah. it's like you know thirty seconds. When it's that's expanded to thirty minutes, it's it's <sighs> not funny. It's no, not, oh no, it's, no, no. It's just awful, as you said, watching through your fingers and going, "Ew, I feel horrible about yeah, this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my uh, episode report on those two oh, things. Oh, okay. Something just occurred to me, non-Star Trek, but I absolutely have to get it in. Mm-hmm. No spoilers here. Go see yesterday. Mm. It's, um, it, I saw it. It's okay. I've read a lot of reviews since it came out, and a lot of them are very spot on. In many ways, it is as a movie. It's got this incredible premise that we really haven't seen before. And other than that, it's kind of like okay, this is good, and there's some nice use of these Beatles songs, but. What it does to the audience emotionally mm. is amazing. Now, I know there's, there's one controversial thing, and I'm not going to spoil it, caused some people to walk out. I was not in that crowd. I was lucky enough to see it with my sister. And from that point on in that movie, we were just sobbing because mm. it brought up such deep, deep memories, feelings, nostalgia, whatever you want to call it, an amazing experience. Do you think it would be as affecting if you weren't a Beatles fan? Well, this is what I'm wondering. You know, um, this is the sister who is seven years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so the one who's just a little older than me, we were Beatles fans together. The younger one, you know, was like, you know, I want to do that too, you know, but she, she wasn't going to concerts and stuff like that, but she was very, very much affected by it. Um, if you weren't a Beatles fan, I can't imagine you'd even go to this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important that the Beatles be connected to a certain part of your history mm-hmm. for it to have that effect. Okay. Interesting. Well, I would never be able to divorce myself from the Beatles aspect, so... Well, um, that's just it. And that's the whole point. That is the whole point. Mm-hmm. Is that the world, without these songs, mm-hmm. is not as good a place. You, without the Beatles, are not the same person. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Well, I'd like to see it. I, I think. It oh, be absolutely. Good. Go and see it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so good. And And listeners, I think a lot of you are probably... You know, in a similar similar boat, similar age group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go see it. Cool. Well, thank you for that recommendation. Yes. Let us take a quick break, and then we've got some fun stuff to talk about when we come back, because it's about Bill, of course. Yay! Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news. 
three, two, one, we're back. <laughs> the unexplained. Things that are not explained. Things that we don't really know the answers to. Why this show exists. <laughs> Bill has a new TV show, friends. In case you didn't know. Yes, he's been, oh my God, he was live tweeting it both times it was on when it was mm. on the other night. Oh, Bill. It's, it's sort of a in search of, right? I guess, yeah, I guess it is. It's, it's bad. Let's just say that right now. It's, it's a it's, bad show. It's, it's a bad show. This first episode was about can places be evil? <laughs> evil. And, uh, evil is, <laughs> that's not a, like a, a physical thing. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, it's something we as people have assigned a tag yeah. to evil acts, it. whatever, yeah. but yeah. a place. But anyway, the reason I wanted to see it was because, I don't know, a year or two ago, I read a book mm-hmm. about uh, the incident in the Ural Mountains. And they posed a, maybe it's pseudoscience, but it sounded reasonable to me, a scientific theory as to why this happened. So I wanted to see, I knew they were doing it on Unexplained, so I wanted to see what Bill had to say about it. Mm-hmm. And they did present that theory in a very, very simple, simple form. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they've got limited time. And then they instantly brush it aside to say, no, it's evil, you know. And it's like this whole show comes down in favor of woo-woo, which is why I'm shocked Bill is doing it. At least in a cup. So uh, to recap, it's an hour-long show. I think they covered four no, it was more than four because there were was a couple it? that only got, yeah, it, they kind of rushed from one thing to another. There was so the le- forest, there was the Ural Mountains, there was the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even remember. I wasn't even taking notes because it just wasn't well, worth no. it. Well, um, <laughs> no. So the amusement park, uh, there was another one. I can't remember. So at least four, but I think it was more like five and maybe there were six okay. altogether. Um, it's supposed to be evil places. And then they talked about what had happened at each of those places to give it this tag of being evil and being in a couple yeah and they had some uh <laughs> scientists i'm putting quotes around scientists i mean some of them were actually scientists and of course in a show like this it's really hard to say what the actual interviews were like you know you don't know <laughs> yes. what the questions were and how the the context was manipulated you know for the, oh, there was yeah. like a guy who was an astrophysicist who was talking about biology and like, uh, really, that's not your area, dude. Um, <laughs> so they were just attempting to cite some of the scientific explanations to their credit. And then, uh-huh. but as you say, in the end, disregarding it and going, but no, it's not that it's just evil. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, okay. It, it, like in the one, it was about uh, a, amusement park in illinois i think or indiana i can't remember uh and it was like a water park with a ferris wheel and some other stuff on it and it had been opened in the 20s and some children had died there right now which happens in every amusement park so it happens in every amusement park and it's not evil it's bad management (laughs) (laughs) let's just say osha violations or bad maintenance on the rides you know who knows Exactly. So that's that's a real world explanation for why children died there, for sure. And then they said some other nonsense at the end about like, oh, if you're here, maybe only one of the swings on the swing ride is moving. And then another person shows up and it stops moving. Ooh, spooky. And they found it was built on an Indian burial oh, site. Oh, my God. Dead I was like, come on. <laughs> the, the, the the worst cliche that you could yeah. ever put on it from every dumb movie, you know, at least going mm-hmm. back to Poltergeist, which was a good yes, but dumb movie. That was a great ancient, movie. Yes, ancient Indian burial ground. Oh, it must be cursed. We don't know. Like, I, I'm sure it was true that they found Native American artifacts there because it's in the middle of the country where you tend to find a lot of that stuff. And, right, yeah. You know, but, oh, just nonsense. And, and so to take it one step further... One of the things that they talked about was this house called Willow Weep. Again, yeah. I don't remember exactly where it is. It's in the middle of the country somewhere. And they had, of course, one of the people talking about it was a paranormal investigator. Yes. Which means nothing. And, 
you know, it was about how, oh, people had died there and one guy committed suicide and the woman who bought it said, yeah, we were trying to do renovations and there were all these weird bangs and the ceiling fell on my husband and all this other junk. <laughs> and it, it ends with the guy who's the paranormal investigator saying, I'm going to buy this house from you, current owner, and I'll get to the bottom of it. So I looked it up online and he oh. did, in fact, buy the house from her. And you know what he's doing now? He's selling tours. So uh, you can go there and see the spooky stuff. And it's like, come on, that was just a, a completely cynical sort of thing. You know, he wanted yeah. to buy this house. So they built it up like it was this giant, mysterious thing. Um, and now that's what he does is he sells tours to other paranormal investigators so they can go, oh, look how scary it is. <laughs> I'll tell oh. you the funniest, the part in that segment that made me laugh so hard. Oh, oh good. I have one, too. I want to see if okay. yours is the same as mine. That it was uh, built in the shape of an upside down cross. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's upside down. From one angle. Yeah, if you're above it and you film it from that way, but if you went to the other side above it, it would be a regular cross. Regular cross. <laughs> Who would do this? Who would do it? Was it so to attract anyway, so it's it's garbage, and I don't oh. even think I'm going to bother watching the rest of them because it's not funny. It's not fun no, to watch it. No, it's um, insulting. Bill does an intro where he's standing and talking, and then he does a little set in the middle and then he closes it out so clearly they filmed all of that in like two days right they just right, had him in right. the studio i will um, say this bill looks good he's lost weight he looks pretty good he has a new toupee i i've been seeing mm -hmm. him wearing this new hair which is far more gray than it used to be i think i might have even mentioned that in the last show right, um right. so yep it looks pretty good i will say that the clothes that he has are not particularly flattering on him. Mm -hmm. I think they're too stiff. Like it was a suit and a shirt that were right off the rack and they just, they don't look very comfortable. He looks quite mm -hmm. stiff when he's standing there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and he does his normal, you know, he puts everything into it and it's oh, fine. Yes. It's perfectly it's fine. It's dramatic. But yeah, it's junk. So don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> I, I wanted, I forgot, I wanted to say this. Uh, I was talking to my brother the other day, um, who's a big Star Trek fan, as we all know, and we talked about Bill's So Clean commercials for the yes. CPAP cleaning kit. And my brother said he listens to a lot of satellite radio that there's a radio commercial for So Clean, as well as the ones that are currently running on TV. And he was saying he could not believe how good those radio commercials are. Bill is just so good at manipulating his voice and the context and everything mm -hmm. he, he just couldn't stop talking about it he's like how does he do it how does he get that tone of voice where he's talking to you in your ears like he's your best friend and <laughs> he's saying all this stuff that's just so important and yet he can be funny at the same time he's a master of those commercials he like, is. yes acting he's got 80 you know 70 years of experience doing it so the good and the bad. I'll take the so clean commercials over the stupid unexplained thing any day. <laughs> junk. Speaking of junk, what about the shocking revelations of the horror of behind the scenes? Blah, okay. blah, blah. This article is a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> this article should live in infamy. Oh. Um, it's got all kinds of crap in it uh -huh. that, and it's long. And it gets things wrong. You know, it's got stuff like, Bill's co-stars didn't like him. No! <laughs> <clears throat> but it has in it three amazing revelations, something we never knew. And you can't get much past us. So I hope everybody, you know, is, is calm, sitting down, relaxed, ready to hear this. First one, some of the Star Trek episodes were colorized. <laughs> do you want to read that part just so that we get the full flavor of it? Oh, do you have it up? Because I uh -oh. don't. Oh, I'll have to see if I can find that. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Uh, this is for the uh, fact. I don't know. Is that what this is about? Facts? Yeah. <laughs> I, Start by scientists, um, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm my looking new word. at it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> sorry. Let me go back to the top because I want to give the title of it. So this is at science.com, which is really well. So science101.com. 
Star Trek's behind-the-scenes horror stories boldly go where no story has gone before. Okay, so this is fact number... uh, Oh, they're not even numbered, so (laughs) there you go. It's fact that says Spock was initially supposed to be painted red. Painted? (laughs) Spock is probably one of the most memorable characters of the show, and he is one of the most recognizable aliens in science fiction history. Although his pointy ears, dramatic eyebrows, and yellow-tinted skin are his famous characteristics, this wasn't the original look Roddenberry wanted from him. This is true. Uh, He wanted Spock to look as different from humans as possible, so he wanted him to be a red Martian. This plan soon changed due to the black-and-white televisions of the time. The red makeup made Spock appear dark on camera, and producers did not want viewers to think he was in blackface. This led to Spock's yellow-green tint that we can see in the colorized episodes. <laughs> um, I think maybe they just mean color episodes. I don't, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I know what they mean, but what they say is something different. They say it totally different. Yep. So yep. there you go. Okay. Next. Fact number two that shocked us. Uh-huh. Fan fiction was typed on this is a fact george takai tried to push for gay representation on the show i don't know if that's true um george says he played astroscience physicist and said i did very privately bring up the issue of gays and lesbians uh, maybe maybe. Uh, i'm pretty sure talking about the 60s george didn't yeah. want anyone to know at that point. no he was no one wanted anyone to know at that point and i have great admiration for george nowadays as an activist yeah. uh-huh but he's rewriting his past i think so i can't believe he ever brought that up um, yeah you know unless there was somebody else in the cast or the production part who was uh not 100% closeted or, you know, like they mm-hmm. knew each other. And maybe what he means when he says we talk, I talked about it privately was there was another gay person and, you know, they, they recognized each other and, and, you know, said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that? Yep. Nope. Can't do it. Okay. Bye. And that was the extent <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? Like right. it's just that, that was it. So, um, so it says fans were even quick to point out the chemistry between Spock and Kirk leading to thousands of fan fictions parens which were typed out on typewriters per end parens and handed out at conventions <laughs> handed out yeah and, and 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 they were even mailed and copies were made on like mimeographs whatever those were what are, i i don't think they were handed out at conventions like flyers I, right <laughs> no this is this is ridiculous oh it out. Okay. The, the last one is the biggie. Uh-huh. William Shatner has still not attended Leonard Nimoy's funeral. <laughs> they are waiting for him. They had to send out for pizzas several times. And he has not shown up. I can't believe it. He is so rude. Oh, Incredible. Incredible. Uh, I was just trying to find it, and uh, I'm not sure that I can because there's so much other junk that's in here. But, uh, yeah, it did say he's, he still has not attended still. I w- in the, in the sake, for the sake of some sort of accuracy, I want to point out something. This is smack like in the middle of this. William Shatner had mm-hmm. odd requests in his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, required him to have the most lines in every episode. This does not surprise me. But during the quote, credits, you may notice Shatner's name appears larger than the other cast members, and that this was in his contract. I'm going to say that is such a common clause Mm -hmm. in acting contracts that you have got the worst agent in the world if they aren't addressing this. And there are are standards that um, the actors' unions have signed off on, on, you know, what constitutes secondary billing and, and all kinds of stuff. This is not weird. No, not at all. He was the star of the show. Right. <laughs> he was the star. Yeah. So, <sighs> and this is one of the things that your agent negotiates is your billing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, 
<sighs> of course. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, they might as well have said, yeah, and William Shatner's name appears on its own in the opening credits. Yeah. What an odd request. <laughs> what, a, what a strange request for a guy who had almost nothing to do with the show. <sighs> but um, I tell you that, that he still hasn't gone to the funeral. Man. Shocking. shocking. That one did shock me odd requests yes so this this was clearly written by you know some poor staff writer who got assigned it who isn't a star trek fan and just probably cut and pasted a lot of this from other online sources that they managed to find you know it's the kind of thing where they they say go and write this thing and have it back in two days and that's as much time as you get to finish it nobody proofread it or fact checked it or anything and oh, then... right and they're they're we know it's not fact checked and they're also counting on uh, nobody caring enough <laughs> to fact check it, or the people not knowing things like this is a standard clause, yeah, or you know, all this other baloney, you know. Anyway, it's bullshit, <sighs> but it made me laugh so it, hard. It does. Um, the only thing about this article that's good is that it does have a lot of pictures of Bill. Yes. And some of them are very good pictures. I mm -hmm. like that it, the, the one at the very top of the article is him in um, Enemy Within. Yes. Going, I've got that cock. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, 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 okay. So there's that. Uh, let me go back to our list because I can't remember what else we were supposed to talk about. Um, now it's the... Uh... The podcasting article? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, um, this, this is the last big topic. And uh, this was in the New York Times recently. And... Uh, I sent it to you and I said, this article is hot garbage and I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, so, go for um, it. I read it too, so. I hope you agree with me because it's just very bad. Uh, it's called, Have We Hit Peak Podcast? If any experience is any, if past experience is any indication, a shakeout is nigh. So it opens with this story, which I'm going to read to you because it's so, it's egregious in so many ways. Okay. In 2016, Morgan Mandriota and Lester Lee, two freelance writers looking to grow their personal brands, decided, decided to start a podcast. They called it, quote, The Advice Podcast, and put about as much energy into the show's production as they did the name. After all, no one was paying them for this yet. Each week, the friends, neither of whom had professional experience dispensing advice, met in a free room at the local library and recorded themselves chatting with an iPhone 5. Quote, we assumed we'd be huge, have affiliate marketing deals and advertisements, Miss Mandriota said. But six episodes in, when neither Casper mattresses nor MeUndies had come knocking, the friends quit. Today, Miss Mandriota says the same DIY spirit that made having a podcast, quote, alluring is precisely what doomed the project. Quote, you can talk about the trees outside as much as you want, but if you're not going to serve listeners and do it in a way that's engaging, your chances of going viral are low, she said, calling her show the most makeshift podcast with mediocre advice. So I read that and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Why did they think they were going to get sponsors for doing some shitty podcast that they recorded on an iPhone in the free room at the library. Yeah, yeah. Like, how arrogant. How completely and utterly arrogant and know-nothing and privileged and everything just to waltz in with that assumption. Right. And then quit after six episodes, too, because you didn't get any sponsors by episode number six. <laughs> oh, my God. So the rest of this article discusses the fact that lots of people have podcasts and talks about the professional podcasts and why people do them. And, you know, there's some truth in that, but there's just stuff in here saying, uh, yeah, if you think that you're, you're going to get lots of traction just by doing interviews and you don't know how to do interviews, it's not going to be fun. And then there's this quote right here. It says, this guy who's hosts a podcast he thinks there's a podcast industrial complex hosts aren't starting shows because it's a fun niche hobby they do it to make money or because it will make them an influencer and i am going to call 100 percent bullshit on that because <laughs> not because of us because i listen to so many podcasts that are in fact fun niche hobbies the only people who are doing them to make money or make them an influencer are like 
people who are convinced that they know something about marketing and they're doing it cynically and not because they think that they have anything to say. And that's a very small percentage of all the podcasts that are out there. Mm. And, and I think for the Times to publish an article like this saying, oh, there's too many influencer podcasts and completely ignoring the 75% of podcasts that are there, like ours, that people do because it is a fun niche hobby, is mm -hmm. terrible, irresponsible journalism. And it shows that the person who wrote this article has no idea what they're writing about. Like that Star Trek article we were just talking right. about. Right. Well, and it's like saying, um, you know, when radio was new, oh, there's too many radio shows. Yes, exactly. Why are there right. all these radio shows? Why are you know, they all different? Why 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 are they some good and some bad and some on topics yeah, that I don't know anything yeah. about? There's too many books. You know what? Yeah, there's, 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 there's too, too many, many cozy mysteries, <laughs> which is true. But um, yeah, too many too many things, too many things that I don't understand, and therefore there should be less of them. Oh, right. yes, I so agree with awful. you. I agree. So I, I just want to say this is a dumb article that doesn't understand anything about podcasting. And um, we have been doing this podcast for so long. And I know other people who have been doing podcasts for nearly as long who do it because they love what they do and it's fun. Mm -hmm. And they love uh, talking to people who listen and just having it be sort of, a, a, you know, fun content that they produce yeah. because they love the thing that they're talking about. And that's where podcasts came from. And that's never going to go away because there's a group of people who sort of cynically want to monetize them to uh, increase their personal brands or whatever it's said. Right. About and, and, the and there is also now um, there's going to be an official Star Trek podcast. And you oh, know, yes. all the, the various shows have their own official podcast. And that's fine. But OK, so we're like the the. Uh, early fanfic we're doing it for the love of it for the fun of it mm -hmm. for our little community that we like to you know visit with and with each other and just because there are people doing it professionally and making money at it doesn't mean you and I should stop no of course not I want to do this until I die well I mean, yeah and even uh, afterwards and maybe <laughs> afterwards as well um here's an interesting statistic and I don't know how this was uh calculated or anything but it says that uh between March and May of this year, 2019, only 19.3% of existing podcasts introduced a new episode. So I, I what? Where did where did they get this? I don't know. I don't know where that particular statistic came from. Um, again, drawing on my personal experience, all of the podcasts that I listened to had multiple new episodes come out in that time. A lot of the ones that I follow have episodes every week. You know, mm -hmm. we, we yeah. podcast about like once a month and maybe sometimes yeah. a little more frequently just because we have lives and <laughs> we, we do it when we have the chance to do it. But I don't, that seems wrong to me that only, mm -hmm. you know, it's the other statistic is that there are now upward of 700,000 podcasts. I don't, like, how do they count that? Yeah. Is that everything that's ever been? I used to have another podcast, right, that yeah. I stopped doing a long time ago. Are they lumping that in with the 700,000? Because they shouldn't, you know? Right, right. One, yeah. Or ones that were limited series, you know, like um, mm -hmm. some of the ones that I've listened to, the political ones. There was one about um, um, Clinton and there was another one about Ted Kennedy and stuff. And those were meant to be limited. Mm -hmm. So they were only 10 episodes and then they stopped. Do they count that as part of the 700,000? They right. shouldn't. That that was right. like a limited documentary series that was never meant to have any more. So I don't know. I, I think these are bad statistics and it's a bad article and they should feel bad. Bad, bad statistics. Very bad. All bad all the time. Ugh. Well, anyway, sorry. I got a little worked up about that. Just because That's okay. <laughs> podcasting is very important to me and it, and it it angers me when I see such a stupid, clueless article like this in the New York Times. Yeah. Well, Ugh. you know, they can't be perfect, but yeah. Even, even an article on what they consider maybe a light topic should have some uh, basis in actual fact and research and the fact that you put a percentage sign in it uh, doesn't carry much weight. Yeah. Uh, it's just, <laughs> and then 
on top of it, this article online has a bunch of pictures from this this guy, Jason Harbinger. What a name. Um, <laughs> there, there's like four pictures of him in his little studio and stuff. And I don't know why mm-hmm. he gets all the photos and he has a cat and there's a picture of a cat. And there's a picture of him with his uh, giant professional microphone. And the caption says, I will read it. This is exactly what it says. Drop the mic, colon. Mr. Harbinger thinks there are too many bad podcasts. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was worth a picture of his microphone and a stupid <laughs> quote to go underneath it in the New York Times. Ugh. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. I have to stop now because it's making me hot and bothered. Literally. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Um, So much Trek stuff happening. We are so excited about all the Trek things, not to mention all the other cool stuff that came out of Comic-Con, like the Marvel movie announcements and all the rest of it. It's all good. And it's a good time to be a geek, to be into this stuff. It really is. Yeah, it really, really really is. Yeah. Um, If you haven't watched Good Omens yet, go watch it, because that's another thing that's really, really good. Isn't Uh, it? I the more you know I watched it all the way through and the more I have seen about it the more I appreciated the care that went into it and the uh, amazing performances by the two leads just so good and you must read the book too yes that too yes. so all of that is really good stuff let us know what you think about the new Trek news uh, what you're looking forward to if you mm-hmm. hear any rumors or secrets and who you think is going to be the captain that Pike talks to at the end and what might happen in those short treks because we would like to hear your theories. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's all going to be good. So we'll get this out sooner rather than later. And um, definitely there will be more shows before we have um, our hiatus in the middle of September, which is also going to be awesome. I know. Can't wait for that. Uh, So listeners, thanks again for sticking with us through the the long delays sometimes and all the rest of it. Please go to our Facebook and leave uh, comments there and all of that stuff. We love you so much. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So So, live long. And. Potluck. Yay. (laughs) 